Dr. Kreitz, what is bariatric surgery? That's an interesting and complex uh, question because it's evolved over time. Uh, If you ask someone from the 1980s, they would have thought it's just weight loss surgery. Uh, Nowadays, it's actually become metabolic surgery because the majority of the reason that we do it is not only so people lose weight, but so they lose their other medical problems associated with it, like high blood pressure, diabetes, sleep apnea, uh, heartburn, reflux, and a whole litany of those things that travel with people who have excessively heavy weight. And when we say metabolic, what do we mean by that? Um, It changes the way that, uh, A, your body processes food, but it's even deeper than that. It changes the way that your body reacts to what you eat. And that affects the way that your blood sugar goes up and down. Uh, It affects the way that your blood pressure is regulated. So there are many levels to health that are associated with your weight. Who's a candidate? I can't imagine that you take everyone. It's not a cosmetic surgery. Uh, actually, very clear criteria were developed by the NIH National Institute of Health, and that dates back to about 1996. And basically, it's a couple little ways of thinking it. One, you could say people who are 100 pounds over their ideal body weight, but a more specific term is body mass index. So if your body mass index, which is a measure of your height versus your weight, if that is above 35 and you have some of those medical problems that are associated with excessively heavy weight, or if your body mass index is over 40 straight, you're a candidate for the surgery. Aren't there more than just one bariatric surgery to choose from? Yeah, actually, it's evolved over time. Um, These procedures actually evolved uh, probably, you could say, even back as far as the 1940s, 1950s. And one of the most common ones, gastric bypass, has been done since about 1967. So that has really just about a 50-year track record. Uh, Another common one, which is sleeve gastrectomy, has been around since uh, 2009, 2010, but even before that in more research-based protocols. And then there's also um, duodenal switch, which is another uh, procedure where you're, again, rerouting the intestine, but it's a little bit more involved than just the sleeve or the bypass itself. And there are a few other procedures that are actually now kind of coming down the pipeline as well. So how do I choose which one is best for me? Do you choose? Part is a little bit of your medical background. And I bet you if you ask different bariatric surgeons, you will get crafted answers to this. I'll tell you from my experience that um, obviously, traditionally, gastric bypass was what we had. So we tried to fit that to everybody. Uh, Another procedure that came along was lap band. And eventually then that kind of found its niche. Uh, Then later came sleeve gastrectomy. And between those different procedures, we now try to pick which is the best one for the patient based on their medical needs. So I'll give you an example. If a person has to take certain medicines like steroids or anti-inflammatory for back pain and such, a gastric bypass may not be so good for them because they're not really supposed to take those medicines because they tend to be ulcerogenic in gastric bypass patients. But a person with a sleeve gastrectomy can take those patients still, which is kind of nice. Uh, Likewise, Personally, I feel that if the patients have a strong smoking background, they probably shouldn't have a gastric bypass because they tend to develop ulcers, as opposed to, um, although we try to get everybody smoke-free, lifelong, uh, people who have had a sleeve gastrectomy aren't at that higher risk, from what I've seen, of getting ulcers if they go back to smoking, which, of course, we try to get them never to do. How do the surgeries actually work? Traditionally, they use two terms. They did restrictive and malabsorptive. Uh, Restrictive in the purest sense means that when a person eats, a certain amount of food will make them feel very full, very fast in a meal. Uh, Malabsorptive will basically limit the amount of calories or intake of the food you eat. Uh, Some procedures are purely restrictive. Uh, Some are mixed, like restrictive and malabsorptive. Uh, 
So with, say, a sleeve gastrectomy, that's considered a more or less purely restrictive, although some people would maybe expound on that now that we're knowing more about how these things happen at that deeper metabolic level. And something like a gastric bypass or a duodenal switch would be a combination type procedure. Uh, you can think about a sleeve gastrectomy is basically where we remove about 85% of the stomach and it converts a traditional very volume-based organ to a very slender banana-shaped stomach. And with that lower volume, patients eat small meals that make them feel very full. And because of that, um, they just take in less food. They have what we call early satiety, meaning that in a meal, you feel full early. So you don't eat as much. Uh, gastric bypass is another very common one. And again, that's one of the oldest that's been around. Now with gastric bypass, uh, there are several steps, and I'll try to keep it simple here. Uh, the first step is basically you divide the stomach into a small front area called the pouch. And if you can think about it, we make it about the size of a golf ball in volume. I usually make mine about 30 cc's in volume. Um, and it gives you, again, a restrictive benefit similar to a sleeve gastrectomy that when you eat, that small little front part of your stomach gets full very early with a meal, and then you get a feeling of fullness early in the meal. The second part of the procedure is at a predetermined length downstream in the intestine. We divide the intestine, and I then bring the intestine up to that little small pouch in the stomach. And the food, when you eat it, comes from the small pouch and goes further down the intestine immediately, thereby bypassing the upper area of the digestive tract that it would normally travel through and you'd absorb more through. So it gives you the restrictive and the malabsorptive part. I have to believe my life will change after the surgery. How does it? The first thing is you're going to have a much healthier diet. Uh, with all these surgeries, you're going to be eating less food per meal, and partly because you're going to feel full earlier, but partly also because you're going to make healthy choices in terms of I'm going to start out with appropriate sizes on my plate. And, of course, appropriate food choices. We try to steer patients away from concentrated sweets, carbohydrates really in any form, um, I recommend my patients really limit the dairy intake because there's no good evidence that they really need that in their diet. They really need proteins, fruits, and vegetables, and, of course, adequate water intake. Uh, patients have to do lifelong follow-up. Now, the first year or two, they're going to see their bariatric surgeon a number of times to make sure they progress appropriately and they don't run into problems. But even after a couple years, they really need to stay engaged on a yearly basis. Uh, an additional thing we do is we do what's called support group. Support group is a monthly meeting of our patients, uh, mostly the ones that have already had surgery because there's more of those patients actually, uh, and they get together with our team who covers diet, exercise, healthy lifestyle choices, as well as other problem solvings and things to help promote you know, them in their pathway journey to maintenance of health. And finally, let's talk about the most popular surgery. Is there one? Well, the number one procedure right now is sleeve gastrectomy. That just changed this year. Um, number two would be gastric bypass, and gastric bypass had been the number one procedure probably for the last 20-plus years, maybe of all time. Uh, sleeve gastrectomy has just been so successful and so well-tolerated that a lot of surgeons have switched over to it. A lot of patients really come in asking for it because they know about it. Um, and probably between those two procedures, that's probably 85 to 90 percent of what's being done at least. Why is this number one? Um, a, it's a shorter procedure, so it's less time in the operating room. B, there are less probably patient obstacles to overcome in terms of you still have to eat healthy, you have to have dietary choices, you have to do exercise, but um, you're less apt to get into trouble with something that disagrees with you food-wise. And uh, likewise, um, you can still take other medicines that you couldn't take before. 
Um, and un an unfortunate fact is a lot of my patients smoke. And the data has shown a lot of times people turn back to smoking even though they quit and they go through a surgery, a lot of times people get back to smoking. If you do that with a gastric bypass, you can make yourself very sick with ulcers. With a sleeve gastrectomy at least, they don't, they're no higher risk than the general population from what I've seen. Dr. Kreitz, thanks so much. We've really learned a lot.